You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 159, and I am very, very proud to have uh, a couple veterans on with me coming to us from the great U.S. of A. We have Ryan Burnett and Brody Hensley. Um, and of course, there's there's a third wheel here, um, but he's a safety manager, and he's probably tied up somewhere in a back room because nobody likes a safety manager so um he may he may come on um as we're doing this but uh we're, we're gonna kick this off so um ryan's up in my top left hand corner brody is down in the bottom they are uh two-thirds of the owners of a really exciting cool company called pattern pros um check them out on social media give them a like and and the whole bit but I think you're going to be really, really surprised with what they're doing. And it's another one of those ideas where I was like, when the fuck didn't I think of this? And, uh, but you'll, uh, they'll explain it all to you. And uh, we're in for a great show. So Ryan Brody boys, thanks so much for coming on. And I got to apologize. We were supposed to have you on, I think it was like two weeks ago, Ryan. And, uh, and our schedules just got all messed up. And then I was thinking we were recording at 10 o'clock tonight. Ryan messaged me like, I think we're on 10 o'clock this morning. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds makes more sense than 10 o'clock at night. It's been all over the place. So, we should, we should have done military time. That would have, that would have, that would have made it a lot easier. Yeah, that would yeah. have cleared up a lot of things. <laughs> like I said, I'm not, I'm not that smart. So I didn't think of it well, until 30 minutes before 10 o'clock. So. Well, and I got to admit, I'm not, I'm not that smart either. So uh, you got to dumb shit down for me pretty good. Um, so dumbing it down to military time that, that would have helped uh, a lot, but it's all good. We're here and uh, I'm happy to have you guys on the show. I, and I, and I genuinely am sincere when I say this is a really cool idea. And I'd like for you guys to, to give an explanation to all the, to all the millions of listeners that we have. And um, and let us know all about it, because I really do think that this is something awesome for our Canadian listeners. Sorry, boys, this is a long winded rant for our Canadian listeners. Um, this isn't going to work for us, because, as you know, it's easier to get ammo in Afghanistan than what it is in Canada. So um, so we'll yeah. uh, we'll this this episode is is. Um, focused on our American friends, uh, 100%. Um, once we get rid of this liberal Trudeau up here, uh, maybe we'll be able to bring the boys in and uh, offer this service up here. So, Ryan Brody, over to you guys. Um, well, I'll uh, I'll start, and then Brody will kind of dive into the weeds. Um, but yes, um, well, first of all, we do actually have a patterning pack or a uh, targets so the canadians can still they can still buy that you just awesome. can't buy, buy the ammo 
So yeah. you can actually see your your shot on on paper, which actually is quite eye opening once you start messing around with different shells and chokes and guns. Um, so for you yeah, connects up there, that's you can, you can buy the ammo. That's hopefully in the future, yeah. you know, is is getting it up there and getting it to as many people as possible. But you know, to, to pretty much boil it down, what we do. Um, so how let me explain this in a simple way. You know what a charcuterie board is of like cheeses and stuff like that. We just Ooh, did the same fancy. thing with fancy. Yeah, we just did the same thing with shotgun shells. You're so, a fucking marine. You don't know what a charcuterie board is. Sure, he had to ask his wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I had neighbors. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so you know, I've been inside three years old and whatnot and just so duck hunting has just been a consistent part of my life and everything that I've done so when it comes to just become an apex predator of duck hunting you know just always looking on how to get better like okay decoy spreads this this and this you know trying to get better at duck hunting you know shooting especially being in the marine corps background shooting was a lot to us um, yeah. so while I got out in 2020 you know, I was just like buying shotguns left and right, uh, testing them all, trying to, you know, a new a new ammo company would come out. This I'm like, well, I want to try that. I want to try this tungsten. I want to try this bismuth. I want to try this stacked load, this blended load. But each one of those boxes, I mean, like as as a young Marine that just got out of the service, I really wasn't making a whole lot of money, but mm -hmm. I wanted to try all these. But so you know, I'd buy a box of tungsten and it was like 60 bucks and it patterned like crap. And I'm like, well, this is no good. Uh, now I'm left with a box of 60 bucks. I was like, really? I just need three shots. I just need one at 20, one at 30, and one at 40 to give me a general idea. So yeah. with that, uh, I was having a phone conversation with Ryan one day and, you know, I was probably bitching and moaning about the uh, the cost of ammo. I'm like, yeah, you know, I just bought four boxes. It's, you know, 120 bucks. And I just, you know, just to see how they shoot is just kind of ridiculous to me. So, I was, you know, we started pitching ideas back and forth. I was like, well, why don't we just create one box with, you know, eight brands, three cells each. I'll give you 24 shots, but it covers the spectrum of steel, bismuth, and tungsten all in one box. So mm -hmm. once I find out what my gun likes to shoot, you know, that's the ammo that I will be buying because instead of buying a case before the season, Absolutely. well, if that increases my shooting odds, then, well, you know, I won't need to buy a case. I'm saving money ultimately, even though the shell is more expensive, you're not, you're buying less of it because your kill to hit ratio is, is getting better. So, and then from there, it really just kind of spawned off of uh, a lot of different things, you know, 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and just trying to do the, the data to where people can, determine what they shoot the best so they can help along with conservation as well because like crippling birds especially down here in 100 percent buddy um you know you, you see the duck numbers every year and you're just like well it seems like they're constantly there's like just more and more groups of birds it's just in the red and it's just going down and down and down so i was like well how can we impact that as well so with better shooting um hopefully cuts down on those crippled birds to put more birds back into the breeding population, you know, because if I go out and shoot a limit of six, but I crippled seven of them, yeah. well, that's, you know, that's that many birds that could potentially have this many chicks in that breeding population. That's not there. And if you do that and you multiply it across the country, across both countries, you know, in Canada, 
to the United States. And then by the time they come back from the South and back through here, you're talking, I mean, I think yeah. there's a Delta waterfowl thing, 1.7, 1.8 million birds as crippled each year. I just believe probably it. just because poor shooting, you know, a lot yeah. of people just don't understand their capabilities with a shotgun or what their shot looks like. Oh yeah, the shotgun shoots great. But if your pattern is open, you got holes all in it. And you're like, dude, I, I just watched feathers come out of that duck. Why is he flying away? Well, let's put it on paper and let's see how it actually looks. And it's, it's, it's very eye opening what you can do and what you can see when you put the, your show on paper, because it might just not be the best one for you. So, um, Brody, buddy, we've got to hit the pause button here right now because Christian, welcome to the show, brother. Uh, you're, you're on mute, dude. But I got to tell you, before we hit the record button, the amount of shit that was thrown at you for, for being late, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was impressive. So um, I'm glad you made it on because I wanted to personally let you know that Ryan and Brody are just, they're relentless on you, dude. Man, man, it's a never ending. I mean, there's always the one guy part of the crew, right? It's okay. <laughs> I just accept it. You know, uh, I, in my life is just crazy. I, <clears throat> I was thinking <clears throat> when I was calling in, I was like, you know, what, what, what can I say? I said, what justifies it? And I was like, I, I'm just an average dude. <laughs> I just work. <laughs> I just work all the time. I try to fit this in between my life, you know. Just super. Uh, did they? Did they ever? Did they tell you the story about uh, <clears throat> how they stranded me on a hunt in California with no clothes or ammo? Yeah, they it's most certainly funny. did. They <laughs> most yeah. certainly did tell me that story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love how and, it was, and, we we and, stranded you. Not that the fact that you were not at your house and at the neighbor's yeah. house, probably drinking a beer <laughs> instead of being standing there waiting for us to get there and then oh. look at us go did you grab my bag with all my clothes and ammo yeah hey i appreciate it sorry for the sorry for the tardiness here no no that's all good brother that's all good um welcome to the show um feel free to jump in and and listen feel free to throw some shit at ryan and brody too because uh don't oh, let them Oh yeah, I bet. I've got an arsenal, bro. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, but Brody, like I, I really liked what you were saying. So up here, um, up here in Canada on the Facebook groups, um, usually around that June, July time frame, and, and this isn't throwing any shade at anybody. This is just uh, an observation from a guy that that watches all these Facebook groups and, and things. And around June, July we always start seeing these posts with, Hey, I've got a, a Beretta a 400, which choke, which ammo is yeah. the best combination. Or, I see or, that all the time too. Yeah. All the time. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll always get guys go, listen, man, every gun is different. You've got, you've got to get out and you've got to put, you've got to put rounds on paper. That's the only way that you're ever going to decide. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at what you guys are doing, and again, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, why didn't I think of that? Um, you're, you're taking all of the expense out of it. I, I get it that there's still an expense you have to buying into the, to the box. Yeah. But like you're saying, you're not left then with, you know, 22 shells in a box that you know, you're never, ever going to take out on a hunt. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just saving the end user money. I mean, because like you said, you know, I have the rest of that box. What I'm going to use it is probably, you know, I might bring out on a hunt just to shoot, you know, cripples with it or just do some water swatting in case yeah, I just need a water moccasins. But like now I'm using a tungsten shell because it shoots like crab just to cripple it, you know. And so it it really, you know, you see those on the Facebook group all the time. You know, it's like, hey, what choke to this? Like th I can have the same gun, you know, two SBs, Right, yep. side by side, same choke, and they shoot different. Absolutely, yeah. there's there's so much variety that goes into it. So like, we're just we really want to promote just hey, here's something that's you know very cost effective that's going to help you find out what you need. Go out and just just take some time to go out and do it because a lot of people just they pick up a shotgun and they're just like yeah man it just scatters BBs. Well, that's cool, it does, but the, your choke does a lot of things. You know your you know, your shims and everything else in your buttstock, like fitting the gun to you. I mean, when you buy a rifle or a bow, the first thing you go do is sight it in. You're not just going to go out and shoot it and just hope yep. you hit the target. So that's what you need to do with your shotguns. If you go out and pattern it and you actually see, hey, I'm shooting a 90-10, you know, ratio pattern, that's way too high. Mm -hmm. like, maybe that's why I'm missing all these birds because you got more of a trap style, you know, fit to your gun instead of like more of a hunting style, like a 60-40. So it's not only just finding your best pattern, it's also finding how that gun shoots for you. Can you um, explain, can you just explain what you were talking about there? So the 60, 40, the 80, 20. So those are, those are like pattern ratios. So if you look on a, like a target and you have your center point that you're shooting at, um, and you notice like 90% of your pattern is up, you know, above where your, your point of aim is. Mm -hmm. Depending on your style of shooting or what you want to do, um, that it, it all basically, you know, like I want a 60-40 because that's more of like your hunting style, like standard, you know, aim yeah. shoot right there. Now, if I wanted like a 90-10 or a 70-30 because I'm trap shooting a lot and most of my shots are going up and away, then that's what I would want. Um, but a lot of these gun companies, they do make the, the, the fitting, you know, the stock fitting of your shotgun a little complicated. You know, you have like three different shims and one will be like a D, a DX, and then uh, like a Z. And you're like, well, how does that, how does that play out? Yeah. Um, and there's a few good YouTube videos out there, but it's mostly um, just finding out, you just going out there and shooting and then you're seeing how it does. And then you're like, okay, I need to put this shim to drop it this much. Because like when I first got my Benelli SB3, like everybody else, it shoots high into the left. Mm -hmm. It's just been a common, a common problem. Not really a problem, just become a common thing with the Benelli. Yep. So yesterday I took it out and I was packing it. Stock brought it down into the right. So I put it right where I wanted it to be 60, 40, um, so now that I know that the gun is fit to me and I know that my pattern is good with the show that I use, there should be no excuses on why I'm crippling birds. Now that doesn't stop me from, you know, you still gotta go practice out on the skeet range and whatnot and go shoot and just do that. Cause you can have the best stuff in the world and still shoot like crap. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but it's just taking those variables out of each thing that could go wrong. You're like, all right, cool. Well, my pattern's good. My, my my shim and everything else, like my fit to the gun is good, but my shooting sucks. Okay, how do I fix that? Well, let's go to the skeet range. Man, it could be vice versa. Well, my shooting's good and my gun fits good, but your pattern could be, so mm -hmm. it, it could be crap. So it just kind of boils down to just knowing your weapon system and, you know, we're all veterans here. So like knowing your gun is a very important thing yeah. to, to how you how you use it. So 
the one thing. Also, too. Yeah, go for it, Christian. Also, too, I don't want to discount um, that whenever you you know use these shells to go in pattern, and you get familiarized with how each ammunition interacts with your weapon system, you kind of know at which side placement from your point of aim that the ammo is going to hit. So you take that information and you go, because I can tell you now that we've all sat in the blinds every morning. We know, okay, you know, we think the dark's going to be coming from our right. You know, let's put you in order from left to right. That's how us three hunt. You know, mm-hmm. we'll put Brody on the left because he's a left-handed right. shooter. But we'll put him on the right. He's a left-handed shooter, so that way we're not crossing hairs. Yeah. So, you know, with ducks coming in from the right or the ducks going to be coming in from behind us because we're sitting on a <clears throat> on a hill. Well, wherever your position is that you're sitting in the blind, you can go and say, oh, I'm shooting this type of ammunition today. I know that it, it naturally hit up left. So I know that birds are going to be flying in from the right. I can adjust my aim or they're going to be flying in from the left. I need to be maybe adjust my aim that way. So it's, it's familiarizing the hunter with that type of ammunition, making him a little bit more educated on his weapon system, which puts more rounds on target, Absolutely. which is ultimately and, what we want. Yeah, and more successful. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of guns out there that you can't that you can't shim and you know cast yeah. and like fit it to you. So like for the longest time, me just being lazy, uh, I would know my vanilla would shoot high. So when mallards are coming in, I'd put it right at their feet and I'd shoot and I'd hit them right in the lips. But yeah. now that you know, I have guns that can be shinned and stuff like that. Now I just fit the gun to me. But like, you know, your Mossberg, say you got a Mossberg 500 or something like that. You can't shim that gun. Yeah. So, I mean, the way you can't, you know, how they used to do it in the old days, they would actually bend the gun to fit it to you. And that is a, that is a process. Yeah, yeah. So now with these new modern shotguns, they, they really help a lot of people just get where I they think, need to be. Uh, I think one of the things I take for granted is is the fact that well i'm 46 years old i've been hunting ducks for a long time so it's taken me um 30 years to get my decoy spread to to get uh, a premium (laughs) shotgun to to have you know the gear and stuff so now when people ask me and i say things like well listen you just gotta you just gotta go out and buy ammo and you gotta put rounds on paper and you've got to figure out what your what your pattern is and stuff like that. And I think I sometimes take it for granted that, you know, I, I'm I'm 46 years old. Uh, I'm I'm doing okay in life, so I can afford to go out and buy, you know, four or five different boxes of ammo and and yeah. come home and try it. Right. Whereas anybody that's new, and and I don't know what the ammo prices are in the states right now, but in Canada it's ridiculous right now. So. Definitely not the cheapest. I tell you that. No. I mean, it's this no. sport is an unforgiving sport when it comes oh. to money. You oh, know? No. <laughs> yeah. So Believe just me. kiss, yeah. just kiss your fucking money goodbye. If, if and that, that's that's one of the things that we wanted to do was actually make it affordable. Like you know, we yeah. were all in the military and we didn't. You don't have a lot of money, so you're grabbing yeah. the cheapest yeah. thing possible. And yeah. like when we all started duck hunting together, you know, four years ago four or five years ago, you could buy, I think I want to say it was Winchester Super X yeah, or Federal Speed cool. Shock for like $12 a box. Yeah. And it's, I, I've seen it more than double that now. Yeah. So it's only, be, it's only gotten more and more expensive. So you're all right. Hey, you're buying stuff off the, the shelf and yeah, it may work and you, you'll probably go kill birds with it. Mm-hmm. But for anybody who's chased d- ducks and waders, it sucks. 
So if we you can in the professional at Chase and Oh, absolutely. I got <laughs> phenomenal shape one season. The next season I was like, screw that. I'm shooting them. I don't care if they're twitching. I'm I'm not doing it again. Letting it rip. Yeah. And um, so just to make it cheaper to actually find something that it's actually gonna work for you. Yeah. Uh, as well as I, I mean, I guarantee you every person here at Duck Hunts has missed out on other birds that are working because they're out chasing cripples. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, when you stare at trees, I mean, it's like if you just do the time while you're to work on your parents stuff, you're not like and, you're going out there to shoot and kill, and you're not going out there just like, oh, I shot 25 times and came on with two birds. You're like, what? Yeah. That's expensive. Yeah, that yeah and even more so if if you're one of these guys that is determined to shoot bismuth or tungsten right um i lost my train my train of thought here fellas i it was going to be good it was going to be it was going to be it was going to be awesome like emmy emmy award winning shit too, right? like it was going to be good <laughs> and i totally and i totally lost it so um, well you were going on the right track i mean that stuff is not cheap think about how much how much money that you're spending let's say let's say let's say the average hunter doesn't have you know he's got a minimum wage job yeah. right he's just an average <clears throat> minimum wage medium uh uh like a construction worker i work in the construction industry yeah. that's where i come from so a lot of these guys and girls out here don't make a killing but they make enough money to be able to go home eat dinner have electricity and go hunting they're yeah. not sitting there focused on i need to buy um you know bismuth or this you know this particular type of ammo they're going to go and see what's the cheapest that they can for yeah. that hunt yeah and when they get low they're going to go to a different store so yeah. um and you get to a point where you find what ammo matches your weapon system and it makes life easier for you you know that that benelli shoots better with kent or you know that that mossberg shoots better with winchester and yeah. that's what you go for and then when you do see it in the store you're like oh man thank god i went and got that pattern pros and I took the time out to pattern that weapon system. Now I see the ammo that works better, better for my weapon system. Let me go ahead and grab a couple extra boxes uh, during yeah. the off season when the when the you know stock is in. Yeah, and it's not something you have to do all the time. So it's kind of like a, a one stop shop where you buy yeah, yeah you buy box a new of shells, tool, you buy a new gun, test it out with one of our boxes. You know, that's yeah. about and it. we pick we chose three shells in the box because um, I liked the idea of, you know, mixing a bunch of different ammunitions in one box and, and, you know, making them into threes because here in a lot of states, you can only have three rounds in your, in your shotgun, yep. right, at any point in time. So, um, you know, let's say you're sitting here doing uh, a till season and you're one of them states that goose season kind of overlaps and you got a flock of geese coming in. You didn't bring that box of goose loads, but you brought your pattern pros box and, yeah. you know, you've got three, <laughs> three yeah. slappers in there. You know, yeah. let me go ahead and load them up. I just happen to have them with me. Yeah, you, don't you know, whatever case scenario is. Yeah, you can take it out to hunting if you wanted to. Like, if you're just like, oh, I don't I don't want a pattern. I want to see how it shoots ducks. Well, take the box with you. I mean, they're all non-toxic. Yeah. They're all, you know, available to, for duck hunting. So, I mean, if you if you want to see how the boss suits against ducks comparatively to the Apex DSS steel blend, sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, paper can only do so much. But, you know, how you see it on, like, with the ducks, that's, that's right. But that situation is so fluid and dynamic. I mean, you can't, like control exactly how the ducks are coming every single time so you're like oh dude this this so-and-so sucks compared to this one yeah because your last shot was 40 yards and this one was 10 so yeah and and it gets kind of dynamic at that point and 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 i and this i guess goes without saying and and a term we used to use up here all the time is that 
you know, it's common sense, but common sense isn't so common anymore. But, um, no. you know, nobody's saying that if you buy the Pattern Pro box, now you're going to turn into this uh, unbelievable no. wing shooter and, and you're just pounding birds all the time. It's just another tool to help you get to help you get ready. And I don't care what you're shooting. When you got blue wing teal screaming in at you like an F-16, um, <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you want to know what your pattern is because you're going to get one shot at them, and, and then that's yeah. it, and then they're they, gone. They will find every hole in your pattern. Not, <laughs> between them and does, it seems like they're the toughest duck in the world. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. I get shot in the powder. 10 yards and they still fly and I'm like what the fuck I'm like no <laughs> and yet it's it is it's almost comical where like I saw Sitka Waiter uh oh, oh, oh you're breaking up I heard nothing. just say that again just start off I seen, Sit, I seen Sitka Waiters that's what Sitka Waiters for $999 yep. and which I've heard nothing but great things about them i think believe mm -hmm. they got like a lifetime warranty yeah which is awesome but if you're going to go spend all of this money to just to, to sit in the in the blind yeah so you've got this thousand dollar shotgun you've got thousand dollar waders you've got a couple thousand dollars worth of decoys yeah but you have no clue what your shell's going to do when the most important time comes yep. when those birds are actually coming and you have no clue what's going to happen yep. is 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 laughable, really? And it's like almost almost pathetic to the point where you spent so much money and to get a pack of targets and a box of shells is going to cost you less than a hundred dollars with shipping, and unless you change guns yep, and chokes, yep. that that it's not going to change. So <laughs> the most important thing, I guarantee you, there's guys out there even today that'll have. $80 pay, pair of waders and some like old flambo, flambo decoys. And they probably got their freaking hammer them. Oh yeah. In the South, in the South, you'll see a guy in a Mountain Dew t-shirt flip flops and he'll be out there smacking ducks. <laughs> he just did a blind, you know, yeah. he just knows what he's shooting. He's been doing it for such a long time. It and and that's I the thing. Think... Oh, sorry. So go ahead, Christian. I cut you off there. Bro. No, you're, 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 you're on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but that's the thing. We've tried to talk about this on this show so many times. And and the simple and, and I gotta try and say this the right way because I don't want to upset anybody, but if you're new to this, and I'm gonna call it a passion, because once you get hooked, you're fucked. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, you're you're done, right? <laughs> Ask all of our wives. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> duck season, great. But once you get into this, I don't think there's one person or if you if you surveyed 20 people i bet you you would get 20 different responses on what the most important thing is when it comes to the tool that you needs in order the tool that you need in order to be the most successful duck hunter so yep. one guy's going to say calls one guy's going to say binos for for scouting one guy's going to say well you got to have warm gear one guy's going to say you got to have a premium shotgun. Another guy says, "Well, got to be." I got a I got a buddy who's a stone cold killer, boys, a stone cold duck hunter, and he don't care what ammo he shoots. He buys the cheapest stuff that he can find. 
And that's what goes through his gun. He goes out at the beginning of every year if it's a new load and puts puts it on paper to know what it's doing out of his out of his platform. But ammo means nothing to him. It it's the last of his worries is ammo. Because yeah. he do put the time in the pattern it and make sure, but he, he does everything else to make sure that he does it. So it, it is such a it is such a sport that listen, if if you're getting into it and if you want to be the most successful, um, and I'm not saying you gotta go out and spend nine hundred dollars on waiters or you gotta spend twenty five hundred dollars on a shotgun, but there is no quick fix is 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 the point I'm getting at. Like you've you've got to be as well rounded as a as a hunter as possible and every trick in the book you gotta have at your arsenal and there's still still gonna be days when there's a bird that flies in front of you and you post up on it and you'll see yeah. feathers fall and you'll be like, Yeah, I know I hit that fucking duck. I know yeah, I it's hit yeah. It. It's definitely yeah. not um you know, it to me, it's it's kind of like the sport is like a domino effect. So, like, you know, as a kid, all the, the little things came first. Like, so I had, obviously, my dad taught me how to do it. But, you know, after COVID, everybody was locked up inside and everybody wanted to get out. So you had a resurgence of, like, a, a bunch of new hunters that got out there and wanted, wanted to get outside. They've been listening, you know, Joe Rogan podcast about elk hunting or this, this, and this. And they're like, dude, I kind of want to try that. So they get out there, but they don't really have a mentor to take them under their wing, like, you know, like some of us had growing up, he's like, well, I, I know this stuff, I've been working on that. So it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, getting the information out there for the people to just learn how to, how to just get better with shooting and everything else. Cause like, yeah, you could be like, and work on my duck calling so I can call them in closer because I shoot like crab so I can kill them at 10 yards instead of 60 yards because I can't talk to a duck. Or I need to work on my decoys to get my spreads better to fool them in here to get them on the water or whatever. I mean, it all plays in the part, but essentially it all boils down to how well you shoot. And, you know, that's like the culminating event is when those birds light up and they, they're locked up in your decoys, then all the pressure's on you. Like you've done your part duck calling, you, you fooled them with your decoy spread, you got in your $20,000 boat to get to where you need to go. So really the only thing that matters is when you touch that duck with that shell. And so if you shoot like crab, you're not, you're not doing any more, not doing anybody a service. You know, you get a lot of people that give money to ducks unlimited and Delta waterfowl like they should, but they can't do all the conservation, right. you know, for you, you know, you got to do your part on your end. And the only thing that really matters is you shooting that duck. If you're going to cripple and, a bunch of ducks, like, cool, you just gave, you know, Delta waterfowl all this money, but like you just put a hundred ducks or whatever this year. Like, that's, that's, it's not doing anybody like, any good. All because you just wanted to be lazy and not go out there, or nobody's really taught you the right way on how to do this. So, oh, Damien, like I, I listened to a podcast with uh, with Sean Weaver, and you, uh, yeah, recently, and it, like a lot of it, he was harping. He's like, you know, like duck reports, you know, birds are down, birds are down, and birds are down. Um, and you know, people like Brody just said they'll spend money towards conservation for DU and for Delta, but which, you know, can only do so much. Right. But if you're not doing your actual part, which is the, it's a simple thing. Not only are you're going to bring home more ducks because your pattern is, you're going to actually have a, a solid pattern, but you're preventing all of those cripples. So 
out of, you know, 1.7 million ducks that get crippled every year, if we could even just prevent 10% of that, yeah, man, $170,000 ducks, that's going to, and like, you know, if it's just one year, if you did it one year, all right, in the long run, not a big difference. But over several years, is, yeah. that's going to compound into huge numbers. And then hopefully that allows more people, not even a lot, but like forces yeah. more people to be, hey, this is, this is, this is working. Yeah. And so one of our, our goals is to kind of get this into hundred, like hunters education, like Brody and I were talking about earlier. If I, I don't remember being taught how to pattern a shotgun when I went through no. hunters ed, um, it, it's just not a thing. It's, it's about, you know, mostly pretty much mostly about rifles and yep. actual safety, but it's such a small thing. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. You you could go over it in, in an hour and a half, two hours, talk, just talk about it. And you could give a, even just a single shell mm-hmm. to each student and actually have them go out and, and shoot it. And then you actually understand what that is going to do. And you're like, Hey, this is, this isn't science. It's not just going to like go exactly where I shoot no matter, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so getting this knowledge into the hands of more people, especially the people who are getting into hunting is going to make a, a huge difference for those in the long, in the really in the long run um, for those duck numbers. And like, I, I guarantee you, I like guess as, as a parent, like my old, my oldest, uh, she's been starting to hunt over the last couple of years. Um, if you put the correct shell in their, in their gun and they can actually go out and, and kill something instead of, Hey, you know, I just bought whatever. And now I'm watching my kids shoot and not kill something. That's, that's frustrating. Yeah. So you want to see them succeed in that. And now I've watched my kid kill a couple of deer and a couple of ducks now. And it is rewarding. I mean, just beyond, yeah, even beyond that, like it's exhilarating where you're like, this is like the greatest thing ever. And so we're trying to get that into that, into that realm to start it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, And along with that, we're trying to work with ammo manufacturers. So if they can potentially help us out to drive costs, yeah. Get, yeah, get the word out and drive costs down. It's going to just allow it to be that much more affordable to people who duck hunting is already an expensive sport. Yeah. And it just allow more people to do it. No, absolutely. And I'm going to tell you something right now for anybody that's listening. If you want, if you want your significant other to not give you fucking grief every time you come <laughs> home, Come home with ducks and geese because if you're taking money out of the bank account to buy decoys and clothes and guns and ammo and everything else, and you're coming home empty-handed every day, I'm going to tell you your significant other is going to give you some grief. So oh, absolutely. Do, do yourself do yourself the favor. But the other thing, the other thing is, and this is something that. I don't know if it's discussed a lot. So like you guys bring up some really good points about the conservation and, and, you know, knowing what your gun platform can do and, and all this stuff. But let's think about, let's think about 
somebody that is very new that is just coming into duck hunting and now they're starting to question their shooting ability so they're going out they're they're doing the hunt they they've educated themselves on on how birds act how to set their spread they're hiding well they're doing everything right but they're not knocking down birds and and now they're like you know, in their subconscious, because it'll get into, and you guys know it because you guys have, you yep. guys have shot and, and I've shot. And once that gets into your subconscious that, well, shit, I can't shoot. Then you're going to yeah. miss every time. I, yeah, I it's, promise it's, you, it gets into your game. head. It gets into your head. So if you're questioning your ability to hit a target, um, it, it could be something as simple as, you just didn't pattern your gun and you just don't know what the, what the beads are doing when they leave, when they leave your, your gun. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a, that's the biggest thing. I've been there plenty of times. I try a new shell and I was like, I'm just going to go take it out. And I'm like, you know, I blame everything. You know, it's yeah. like, Oh, it's, it's 200 feet per second, like slower. It's this and this, it's, it's yeah. fucking with my leads. It's doing that. And I'm like, and then you take it out and you put it on paper. I mean, like, that's the whole thing is, going out and just shoot we don't care what shell you shoot you can shoot yeah. the cheapest shit you want but if it shoots good out of your gun just shoot what that's is right. best for you like you said you don't have to buy a 2500 gun i mean that's like, what happened to brody's friend a couple months yeah. ago he, he shot one of our boxes and he, he's a lifelong duck hunter a serious duck hunter and it was like the cheap i think the cheapest shell out of the box pattern the best for him yeah. so not it's going to do two things it's going to either justify you buying that expensive box of shells mm -hmm. or you're going to, you're going to, Hey, this box is 15, $20 cheaper, but it actually patterns better. All right, yeah. cool. I don't have to spend, I don't, I, that's already saving you money right off the bat. You're like, well, I can, I can go buy Winchester super X instead of buying yeah, and um, any, some kind of bismuth or whatever. They're like, Hey, it's, it hits harder, but it doesn't, for whatever reason, doesn't pattern as good or, mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's so many things that will. So, so boys, I, I got to ask money you. in the long run. Oh, sorry. Um, I got to ask this question and, and sort of kind of switch gears a little bit because for anybody that's been in the military, um, in the army, whatever, you sort of kind of understand it. But for anybody that's never served, um, I think the idea of, Three absolutely complete strangers coming together, becoming friends, starting a business, hanging out, hunting, all of that stuff um, it is, is sort of kind of foreign to a lot of people, right? So, you know, um, I know my friends, all of us are all from different walks of life, all different experiences growing up, um, the whole bit, right? Like, and I've got some buddies that never in a million years would you think that him and I are are, are as close as what what we are. Can you can you one of you is, Christian? You haven't talked that much, so let let's give it let's let's throw it let's lob this one in for you to knock it at a pair. Um, we don't we don't let him talk a whole lot. He's <laughs> uh, he's real unique. He might just start talking about OSHA regulations. So just heads up. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, give us a background. Like, how did you guys meet? Where did you meet? And then, and tell us about the first, tell the listeners about the first duck hunt that the three of you has done. 
Well, the the one thing, <clears throat> the one thing that uh, we had had in common is that, um, see, we all we all three served in the Marine Corps, yeah, and that's a close community anyway. So, you know, when you when you get out of the Marine Corps and you're out in the civilian world and you meet another Marine, you always have a conversation. Okay, you can always talk about something. Well, when you take that a step further and you go, you know, you are a Marine, but you're also a hunter, mm-hmm. and all of you are in a foreign area that you've never been in, which was in our case, right? Yeah. Um, I grew up in the South. Uh, Ryan grew up in Washington, but lived in Ohio for a while, and then he was uh, stationed in Hawaii before California. Brody was in Oklahoma, you know, and we we all grew up around all this timber, mm-hmm. you know, all these woods. And so we moved to California. There, we didn't have that anymore. It was just just barren land, you know, and yeah. it was just a total experience. So we started connecting on that, and then figuring out how you know how can we hunt that what's the best way to be successful in hunting that and that's where we came together was because not only were we marines but we were hunters and so we grew closer um and then we started just going out there and, and experiencing what it was like to hunt a different terrain um and and then um as we went through these hunts like the first hunt um golly i don't remember guys i don't remember our first hunt together but remember the first one with I think we started we started mule deer hunt uh at first yeah uh, and we went out one of the most memorable hunts let me say it was when ryan got us lost in the mountains of california um, we were lost. and i thought for, <laughs> i thought for sure we were not making it back that day every um, marine would know like land nav and whatnot but right Right, and and right where we were at the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it was on, on the map. We just couldn't get back to where we needed to go. Yeah, we, but we shared this like close, you know, this uh, close to death experience. <laughs> um, and in the same exact area, you know, when when, when Brody was there, um, uh, me and Brody slept underneath a random picnic table out there in the middle of the desert. And thought for sure we were going to get fly <laughs> by bears that night. So. Yeah little experiences we had hunting together brought us closer um then guys what was our first duck hunt it was on base but what uh, was our first it was I, I wasn't i wasn't there that day uh it was on base it was at uh Stewart, one of the Stuart mesa ponds um and go ahead christian and, and let everyone know what your first two ducks were oh yeah, out there, out there on the West Coast, I was pretty fortunate. My first two ducks were uh, cinnamon teals. Straight. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have one of them mounted. Um, I bet. Naturally. And that's that was something that no one ever talked about either. I mean, guys, how many how many times did we shoot, you know, cinnamon teal out there? It was almost an, an annoyance in a way. You oh, know, like, wow. oh, yeah, I mean, and that's not that's not a lot of people get to experience. Yeah. Uh, it's like us on the east coast of Canada, black ducks, like, you know, the, just just crazy amounts of black ducks. Right. And and we'll laugh and someone like we had a buddy, uh, Wade Shoemaker, come on the show one time and he was like, you ever yeah. line up, you ever line up a black duck hunt? You let me know. And and I think Wade's from Wade's from down in the south somewhere. I think I want to say he's down in, in Georgia or something like that. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think he's. He, I know he's down in the south, but yeah, if you line that black duck hunt up, I'll come along with him because I mean, like we in the central yeah. flyway, like we had one guy out of like uh, 
you know, that I know of shoot one here and he just mixed in with a bunch of mallards. Just thought it was a really dark mallard hen. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And then yeah, he started yeah. looking at it more and more and it's a black duck and he was like, so where he I, from? So I killed a couple of them in, uh, in Ohio and that's, oh, yeah. I had really, I'd only been on a couple duck hunts and we, we actually, we was on a, a, a Ohio river tributary and we, we, we went and jump shot this spot before we actually went and set up that evening. And I killed, I think I killed two of them and it was like, Oh, these are cool. And the guy, my buddy was like, Oh yeah, those are black ducks. And I didn't even know anything yeah. really about it at, at the time. And that was like late, like once I really started to get into it, uh, it was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of special. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people don't, don't oh. get that. And so I didn't get to appreciate it at the time, but. And I think that's like, I, I i'm not a deer hunter like i hunt ducks that that's all i hunt um i'll hunt moose a, a little bit back in my home province um but that doesn't happen often anymore um so i don't know a lot about any of the other pursuits out there but i'll shoot I everything like, but i don't you know ducks is my main thing too like like elk, I yeah it's cool and whatnot but like it's just yeah. well, i don't know there's something about ducks working i don't know if it's the the whole culminating event of like you know scouting planning finding decoy spread like everything coming together to work at once instead of just like going out there like oh found a big animal let me just get within 500 yards and i can poke him yeah it's not like that like you have to talk to the duck it's it's much more it's much more intimate with definitely more dynamic and you know in my opinion not saying that any of that stuff is any better or any worse you know because i mean of course i would i would love to do it and everything but just something about ducks is when you see them and then you do a little soft call and whatnot and they just hook and they turn around you're like oh i just like i just did my job damien what were you what were you saying well i just think like just what you had touched on christian like you're saying like and and all you guys are saying like it was almost a hindrance to be shooting cinnamon teal whereas that's a dream bird for me to be able to see come into my into my flock and then brody you say if you can get a chance to shoot a black duck, then then you're into. Yeah. I think that's I mean, why duck hunters. Stuff. I think that's why duck hunters are so well traveled, because there's depending on where you are on the continent, it's yeah. it's a total different group of birds. Like so, the the one that the one that gets me, and you guys you guys have shot it a million times. I know you have. Um, I've yet to even see one, so I don't know. But spoonies. Like what's the heat with spoonies? Like I shot the shit out of them. Let me tell yeah, you, I'll I shoot one of those love... bootlift things every time. Every time <laughs> does not. I matter. would love to have one of those. I would love to be able to say that I got that I got a spoonie. But there's so Probably. much. <laughs> You're missing. They're the, they're the mallards. They're the mallards yeah. of Southern California. Yeah, and they're in they full really coloration are. in California too. So like they in Oklahoma, when we shoot spoonies. You don't really get like the full plumed ones. A lot of them are still brown and then kind of molding right. and still getting their colors. But in California, they were like every single one of them that came in was like wall mounters. And it was like big green head, you know, all like and you see well, them, you right. know, that's a spoonie. I'm shooting. Like it's because a lot of people some people are are purists and won't shoot them. But yeah. not me. I don't, I don't understand it though. Like what what oh, what's the purest about like why? I, I don't know. I don't know. People man, say they don't taste good. They taste just fine. Like okay. I eat a, a ton of them. Yeah. Like, especially like I love, I love duck wrapped in bacon with cream cheese and a pepperoni. Like yeah. it is phenomenal. Yeah. And 
the all for me the only duck i've eaten uh, just about most most species of duck just about yeah. every puddle duck the only one i guess it's a diver but a bufflehead is the only one i'm like i will not eat a bufflehead they just for me i'm like that one doesn't taste good everything else including spoonies you come to canada and i'm gonna te- i'm gonna show you a meganser and if you no. can get if you can get that down your gullet good on no. you because that's <laughs> no, no, fucking horrible. no 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 won't do I it i won't even consider shooting those things i mean like I won't, that, i've got one that divers. i'll put on the wall and that's it yeah well shoot you know, area i'm not gonna be wasting my time with a you know 60 divers that come ripping in the decoys and you're done and like i'm not no no it, it give me green back, it goes back to one of those things like some people don't like spoonies. I live in Florida now, yeah. and there's a large population of divers. We don't have a whole lot of. We don't get really mallards. We don't get a whole lot of widget. We get a whole lot of gadwall. Yeah. We we get, you know, um, we get a lot of we have a lot of magansers and uh, <laughs> uh, we have shirt down here. And, but here's the thing: it's all about uh, the area that you're in. Like you were just saying, is what people prefer. So I was yeah. talking. I was at a gentleman the other day, um, and he swears to it. He's like, I can cook you a maganser to where you'll love it. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trust that know. guy already. I don't know. Don't. You are the only person on God's green earth that, <laughs> that can probably feel that way. Then. Well, I now, tell you what, this I, is, oh, sorry, Christian. I cut you off. Go, buddy. Oh, no, I was just saying, I, I'm excited to try it. But I mean, you go, you go to, you know, California, I went swimming in a dirty pond for him again. Because we, you know what I mean? And we found out you, you should have been there. <laughs> Most depressing day. We thought this thing was a beautiful <laughs> women in freezing cold dirty pond and i was like this is going to be awesome didn't get the duck we ended up having to get a fishing pole and when we reeled it in and looked at it it was just oh brody, man brody do you have that picture <laughs> that is um, yeah like, as, awesome. like i thought i you know i wear glasses on the marine corps gave those to me so like i'm sitting there and i'm looking at the end of this pond i was like can't really see it you know i didn't see it get shot so i'm like i don't i can't id it so yeah. as it started getting closer and closer I'm like, that's fucking salty like that's over again well i tell you what this is what i've learned by doing this show is is um from a canadian perspective the only place i thought that was good duck hunting in the states was arkansas yeah. Minnesota, um, you know, uh, Kansas, Missouri, right? Like those. And then if you wanted to right, get into the so. seed, right? And yeah. then when I started doing this, when we started doing this show and we started talking to fellas from all over Canada and the States, and was, I got educated on birds. I can tell you, Ryan, that if I can ever pull it together, I have never seen the amount of widgeon in my life that gets shot than what gets shot up in the Pacific Northwest up in Washington. Like it oh, is yeah. stupid how much they are is up there. Them and pintail pintail are my two favorite birds. Like I obviously love shooting mallards like anybody else, yeah. but pintail and widgeon and widgeon for me because they're always they're almost always talking. Yeah. And yeah, it's easy to talk I to love them. them. Yeah. Well, if I can put it together, buddy, I'm coming to Washington and we're gonna do a smackdown on um widgeon because uh, I've shot widgeon, but nothing, you know, like ones well, and twos, right? I'll have to meet you. I, I live in South Carolina now, um, oh, where oh, we yeah, don't right. have yeah. 
We don't have, you know, almost any ducks. We've got like, you know, it's either wood ducks or rubber ducks. Yeah, rubber ducks. Um, If you got public, if you got good private land that you can flood and plant, like some of the plantations, they they can they really hammer them. Um, And I didn't even really duck hunt more than a couple times when I was in washington it was still just i would mm-hmm. like well I, I didn't grow up on i grew up fishing since i could walk right um and had to get myself into it with some friends and guys in college but i really missed out because talking with other people they're like i mean it's yeah. right there in, in canada and then all, all all those birds a lot of the birds are coming all the way down to yeah man um california so it was i missed out uh but i did get we killed a bunch of ducks in uh, southern california uh, if I can real quick um, switch yeah. gears, Brian just kind of reminded me of something. Yeah, um, and you touched on it earlier, Damien, about uh, about duck hunters being so well-traveled. Uh, yep. Duck hunters also, too, um, one thing I've learned is that a lot of duck hunters who live, like the majority of duck hunters that I've met that live throughout the states, don't just hunt ducks. You know, oh, they're, yeah. for instance, when I first met Brody five years ago, five, six years ago, however long ago it was, um, he was a birds guy. Um, and you ask him, what do you like to hunt? He's like, I just like, I like my birds. Yeah. Turkey, dove, quail, upland, yeah. you know, ducks. And then me growing up, I was a, I was a deer guy. Yeah. You know, I grew up in the, in the South where we didn't have a large duck population. Um, so the mainstream hunting was white-tailed deer, mm-hmm. turkey, dove. And so, um, that's cool to me, I think is about the community is because okay. you're right man once you really start once you go on your first duck hunt you're hooked like you mm-hmm. forget about it. you know what i mean every season you're looking forward to that first duck hunt mm-hmm. um but at the same time like we uh at for, like pattern pros we didn't we geared it towards duck hunting mainly but we didn't forget about that you know we didn't forget about the turkey hunters so yeah, you know point. something that we discussed is doing uh, a box for turkey loads. yeah um uh, because turkey hunting is the same kind of way. Now you're not shooting nearly as many shells. Um, you may not need as many shells, you know, to pattern, but it's super important on what you're shooting, right? Absolutely, Depending buddy. You area. get one bird, you get one chance, right? You get that yeah. morning, you got the That's one. The one thing I have noticed is with turkey hunters, they are more prone to pattern their gun. Oh, absolutely. Like, like they are, like that is like the like the preseason stuff between scouting and whatnot. They're like, hey, I gotta go shoot the gun because. There's so many different like turkey loads out there and with this new TSS and this different choke tube. They're like, man, there's 300 BBs in a 10 inch circle at 40 yards. And you're like, all right, cool. But when it comes to duck hunting, and those same guys, some of them would just be like, yeah, I just, yeah. I just shoot this. Well, how, what's it look like? Well, I've never, I've never yeah. had it. No, it's so much extensive work, you know, yeah. on, on your turkey stuff. Maybe it's because of like, like you said, you get one bird, you get one chance. But yeah, the, 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 you know, the reward benefit is, is, you know, like if you miss out on some bird, you're not the first dude that missed out on a flock of teal that come through. Right. So yeah. it, it doesn't feel so bad, but if you're sitting and watching, watching that Tom for an hour, come across that field and you pull up on them and you don't raise a feather. Yeah. All because yeah. you didn't, you didn't pattern your gun, but well, you sort of kind of feel like a, like an idiot. Right. <laughs> That's another thing too, um, to go back to that question you asked me is kind of how did we come together on this? Yeah. Um, there's a big disconnect identified 
between the, you know, larger species hunters, kind of like your mule deer hunters, your deer hunters. Yeah. I mean, Brian have spent hours on a range trying to zero in our rifles. Mm-hmm. And then we get it, we get it down to, you know, we'll be shooting at 300 yards. Me, I'm an overachiever. I like to try to get it at 500 yards when we were in California. Um, and we would try to get it within a certain diameter, but, um, we never spent that time on, on the shotguns. Why? You know, I always wondered that. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we spend so much time on these shotguns trying to figure out what we were shooting and yeah. kind of where our, I wonder what the disconnect there was. And I think it's just the amount of ducks that people will go and kill and they take advantage of it. You don't really think about it, but I know, I know yeah. for a fact that you had a choice to end that hunt at 9 a.m. Rather than having to sit in the blind till noon and being like, all right, we got four today. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. You go, you go out there for the experience, but at the same time, everyone's going to prefer, for the most part, to go limit out. Absolutely. Then, hey, I shot one or two, or it's like, and then, or especially, hey, I shot, <laughs> I shot an entire box and I came home with uh, six boys, feathers. And Boys, I'm going <laughs> to tell you. I love a sunrise as much as the next guy. And I love hanging out with my buddies as much as the next guy. But I'm going to tell you, I love it a lot more when I got a full strap of birds. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like I I'm said earlier, taking... you don't go out there to stare at trees. Like... No, I, I, I get it, right? I, take, I, I don't take anything for granted these days. If, I, if I'm in a blind with my buddies and we're having a laugh and we're drinking hot coffee, um, I'm happy trust me i'm happy but i'm a lot happier when i got a full strap of birds when i'm yeah. when i'm on my way home i can promise you yep. that oh yeah well, i don't know about you guys but you know it feels like every every other weekend you go hunting i've got my wonderful wife always telling me we got a plans at two o'clock so i've got to get in there i got to catch a bag and i got to get out of there by yeah. a certain time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> God, I'm not, you know, if not, the next week is going to be a hassle trying to get back out to the block. Absolutely. I'm in there. Just, just do it and just ask for forgiveness afterwards. Like, just, I don't <laughs> yeah. know why you ask, just leave. Like, half the time, my wife doesn't even know. She's like, you didn't even say bye. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Just didn't give me a chance to fully wake up. By the time I'm, the boat's hooked up and I'm already out on the road. I'm not yeah, trying to catch any flack while I'm trying to get duck hunting. Then I'll be worried about that and not worried about, like, not dying in the dark when I hit it. And then it's that much easier too when you do bring home those birds, and then you're uh, hey like oh that tastes really good, and then because yeah. then then you're typically taking care of dinner, yeah. So then it's also that one less thing that they got to worry about. Hey, don't Absolutely. worry, babe. Yeah. I know I got up at two o'clock this morning, but like I'll take care of this. And I'll cook dinner. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Our wives do not remember the hunts that we went on at the three of us they don't remember the hunts that we went on when we were successful they only remember the hunts that we went on and didn't kill <laughs> they're reminded, reminded of us all the time <laughs> yeah no doubt boys um we're almost at that 60 minute mark um and i think this is a good spot to uh to end it um but i don't want this to be the only time that you guys come on the show i want you guys to come back on the show again i actually i'd love it if you guys came back on the show and and don't wait for me to send you an invite. Um, when you guys oh. got something you want to talk about, you just fire me a message. And Ryan, um, I promise this time I'll be a lot more organized uh, and make sure we get the time uh, right. But we will use uh, 
we will use the 24-hour clock from yes. now on. Yes, military yes. time will be the way. <laughs> but no, boys, I, I really appreciate it. And and like I said, uh, this is I think it's a fabulous idea that you, that you guys have. Um, anybody that's listening, please check them out because it is it's a great idea. Uh, it's a great small business. Um, it's a great to see uh, vet, more veteran entrepreneurs. And and listen, it is it is it is your responsibility as a bird hunter to to dispatch your birds as safely and as humanely as possible. We'll do a quick around the table, boys, and we'll end it right there. So, um, Christian, to you, buddy. Any last words? And no, I mean, I really do appreciate the time. I think we had an awesome conversation. I look forward to the next time we talk and we can see the uh, improvements that we've made as a company and to the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. I look forward to coming to Canada one day. I mean, that's that's oh, been buddy. a dream. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love to be able to host you guys. I hope they stop you at the border and frisk you violently. <laughs> <laughs> Full like this, cavity uh, search. Al-Qaeda, he's coming in. <laughs> Brody, to you, buddy. No, I would love. Uh, I would definitely love to come back, especially after our duck season down here in, uh, in Oklahoma, just to kind of to give some feedback and everything else. That fine, you know, I'm going to be shooting a different load this year and really focusing on the uh, the data um, on how on how this load differently does things comparatively to steel and everything else. So, like, hopefully, I'll have some more analytics to bring back to the show after okay. the season. But, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, if anything. We have any new products or whatnot? I would love to come on here. Absolutely, buddy. Open invite. Open invite anytime. Ryan, to you, my man. Uh, again, it was this was awesome. I mean, anytime you're gonna sit here and, and BS with about, about duck hunting, especially, is it, it never gets old. We can do it here all all day, and um, we could have kept going that, for another hour, easy. Oh, a thousand percent. So definitely look forward to to coming back on the show. Um, we uh we, we're actually going to be at the GNH Decoy Expo uh, for our first expo next weekend. Was it the twenty third? I believe there in Henrietta, Oklahoma. Okay. Yep. Um. So if you, anybody's going to be around, come check us out. If not, uh, PatternProsUSA.com. And uh, we we're working on getting prices even further down to make it even more affordable. But we we are really excited, and I think this has got we have a chance to potentially revolutionize the way people go about hunting birds. And so we're excited. We can't wait to bring you uh, some more updates the next time we talk. Awesome! I, I love it. I love it, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, check them out. Pattern Pros. Um, they're on social. They're on their website. Go check them out. I think you. I think you'll be genuinely surprised and and excited about what they're doing and for our canadian guys listen uh canadian guys and girls that's listening listen you can order your targets and and it do make a difference it do make a difference when you see what your round is doing and don't give me this shit about you can just use cardboard yeah of course you can just use cardboard but it it it's a lot cooler if you're using cool targets and that's all i got to say about it so um ladies and gentlemen this is episode 159 of the union 0430 Please like and subscribe. Um, really means the world to us. Do the same for the boys here. Um, remember, surround yourself with good people. Good things will happen. Don't be fucking douchebags to one another. And uh, big love. Until next time.